You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, time for some quick points in the two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. The two-minute drill. Well, we'll start with injury news, David. Jaquan, Jaquan Brisker apparently broke his right thumb in the preseason opener against the Kansas City Chiefs. We learned of this via Matt Eberflus on Saturday saying that Jaquan had a right hand injury, timetable for return, uh, uncertain. It would have been really easy for Matt Eberflus to tell us, hey, Jaquan Brisker has had surgery on his right thumb, which was broken. We expect him to have an opportunity to be back for the season opener. Matt's sort of playing this game right now with, with not being willing to give up much of anything on injury information. And there, there, there's points of this, as, as you can well attest, where coaches sort of get in their own way with the games they play with this stuff. It's Foxian. It's ridiculous. Correct. It's necessary, and he will learn that. I think this is part of the inexperience showing. I also wonder this, Dan, the only thing I care about – I, look, the concealing it is all kind of interesting, but you know how it works. There's a cat and mouse, there's a tug of war, whatever you want to describe it as. <laughs> but I wonder, Jaquan Brisker, week one, you can play with a broken thumb if you're a safety. I'm not suggesting you yeah. go full Ronnie Lott and, you know, uh, and, and consider the amputation part of it. You don't want to go that far. That's extreme. But you can play with a broken thumb, and he's a tough guy. So I think, yes, he can play. But then I remember, he's a great tackler. Yeah. You wonder about his ability to wrap up because you do need your hand to wrap up and that to finish the tackle. So it's not going to be without uh, compromise. But I do think that it's encouraging that they're thinking he can play. No question. And obviously his ball skills will be diminished as well if he's got any sort of cast or brace on that hand that, that limits the way he uses his hands. You know that position as well as anyone. It'll see, be interesting to see how Jaquan handles that. And hopefully he's back on the practice field for that for that Monday of week one or at least the Wednesday of week one. Wanted to mention that Daz Newsom had a tough practice on Sunday, did not have a good game against the Seahawks. Dan, how tenuous is his roster spot? Well, look, if this was a receiving core that was stacked with, with you know, high-quality talent and high-quality depth, you'd say Daz is out the door, but it's not. There's there not a lot of guys that have answered the bell in this training camp at that position to, to you know, step up and, and assure themselves a roster spot. I think Daz may have a future on the practice squad, right, out of, out of the gates here in, in 2022. There's the expanded practice squad. It's a draft pick from the previous regime. Uh, that's probably where he'll land in a month, but certainly you better start showing the new regime that, that you belong, and, and part of that is being able to, to catch the football, uh, whether it's on, on return opportunities or, or in the passing game. And what's the deal with whether or not Flusi's going to play the starters against the Browns? <laughs> Look, I was stuck on a plane for three hours yesterday flying back from Vegas. I studied the Browns-Eagles in real time because that were those are my viewing options. So I'm all up on the Browns' second and third teams. I think the Bears have an opportunity to get good or to feel good going into the regular season. The Browns are, don't have that much depth. But are we going to see the starters at all? Because Flusi seems like he's not sure yet. 
He's been noncommittal, and it's my understanding that they're going to have more in-depth discussions on Tuesday to try to find their way to an answer to this. I don't know why they don't have an answer to this already. Matt Eberflus checked into training camp in late July and said this is a young football team and a young football team that needs to gel, and I plan to play my regulars a significant amount in the preseason. Well, when you're talking about the offense here, we've talked about 18 snaps in the opener for Justin Fields, nine more in Seattle. 27 snaps for me isn't really a, a great on-ramp into a regular season test against the San Francisco 49ers, particularly with all the instability on the offensive line, the lack of timing with your receivers. I'm a big advocate, particularly for the offense. If you want to sit the starting defense, that's fine. I think they've shown enough to camp through camp to be ready for the season over. This offense needs work, and you take advantage of every opportunity you have to get that work, even if it comes with injury risks. I think this offense needs to go out and play on Saturday. We'll see if Matt, Luke, and the rest of the, uh, the guys up at Hell's Hall agree. By the way, we're going to have to come up with some mechanism where Adam can actually throw a flag well, some way or another, either it's uh, literal or just uh, <laughs> via the pod, because if I ever call him Flusie again on the air, <laughs> I need to be penalized. It should definitely either be Coach Flusie or Matt Eberflus or Eberflus or just Coach Flus. I don't need to be disrespectful, and I didn't mean any by calling him Flusie, so I need to be flagged for that. Final thought on the two-minute drill, Dan. I wanted to get your thoughts on this. I was in Vegas, as you mentioned, uh, for four days. Not a lot of love for the Bears. There's actually some <laughs> feeling that they are going to be among the three worst teams in the NFL. The uh, number is six and a half, and uh, people who do this for a living that help build those shiny buildings that uh, are built on the backs of people who lose bets, um, they're saying the Bears could be, you know, take the under because the Bears could be the worst team in the National Football League. I don't feel that way. I wonder if they're the, about the disparity between the out-of-town perception of the Bears and the local encouragement based on some training camp positive signs. Rich Campbell and I used to have uh, a saying on our old podcast that we know what a 6-10 and 10 football team looks like because we've seen 6-10 and 10 football teams a lot throughout our careers covering this league. I think this team registers as somewhere in that uh, department. Obviously, it's a 17-game schedule right now, so does that make you 6-11? and 11? Do you maybe drop back a notch and go five and 12. I don't see a football team here that, that is so dysfunctional and so limited that they can't uh, at least be the fourth worst team in the NFL, right? Like we're setting the bar pretty low. I think it's really, really strong to say, that they're in, in contention for the number one overall pick. I don't think this Bears team is going to be good this year. They just don't have enough talent on the roster. But I think they can do enough to win five, six, and if everything breaks their way, maybe seven games. And so I'm not really going to get on the, the pylon and say that, hey, yeah, this team is, is by far the, the worst in the league. I'm with you. I will continue to say what I have been saying. They could have a record that is worse than last year, or they could win five to six games. But I do feel strongly that there's an opportunity for this season to end with the arrow pointing up, which would be a positive trajectory for both the Bears as an organization and Justin Fields as a quarterback. So let's wait and see. I am with you all the way. Okay, let's close it up with crown them. If you want to crown them, then crown their ass. I don't know if I'm allowed to do this, but it's our podcast, so I guess I'm allowed to do this. I'm giving the crown this week in-house. We're staying in-house, David. We're giving it Literally. to my Literally in house, giving it to my nine-year-old son, Ryan, who uh, got the opportunity on Sunday afternoon at Wrigley Field to throw out the first pitch before Cubs Brewers. You talk about a bucket list dad moment there, watching him walk out to the mound and, and, and throw that, that baseball. It was a really, really cool moment. Uh, I'll tell you this, that when we told him on Saturday that he was going to have the opportunity to do it, 
somewhere in uh, on YouTube, there's a, a a sequence of the top ten celebrity first pitches at Wrigley Field. Right, <laughs> n- n- number one is Michael Jordan from the 1998 uh, Wild Card playing game against the Giants, and he airmails the catcher. And so I said to him, I said, "Do you think you could do better than Michael Jordan?" He said, "Yeah." I said, "No, like, like, do you want the opportunity to try and do better than Michael Jordan?" He's like, "Wait, wait, what? Like, I'm gonna get the." throw the first pitch at Wrigley. He said, yeah, you get a chance to be better than MJ. I don't know. I posted the clip to Twitter. Do you think he got there? I think he came close. Look, he's nine years old. (laughs) I want to know more about the context because the cool was there. The composure was obvious. And my goodness sakes, forget about the dad bucket list. That's the kid bucket list. That's every kid's dream. Who's a Cub fan in Chicago going to Wrigley. And I don't think that if I, when I was nine, I would have thought that I could do that, but I could not have done it the way your son pulled it off. I am crowning Ryan as well because that was that was impressive. David, I told Luke Canellis that the composure that he shows makes me want to go take a paternity test because I don't think he can be mine. I, I, I would have, you know, pooped my pants if, if given that opportunity at age nine. He said, I said, listen, you want to throw from in front of the money? He goes, no, I'm going to the major league rubber. I'm going the full distance. I'm going to the major league rubber. Went out there and threw a, a strike to Clark the Cub. He was a little disappointed that it wasn't Wilson Contreras catching his pitch, but he got that. Clark the Cub anyway. Yeah, I get that. Look, there will be a couple rookie pitchers on the mound this week at Wrigley, if all the reports are true, uh, with with Nesky and Caleb Killian possibly in town, there will not be a young pitcher <laughs> that will be any more impressive than Ryan Wiederer was on Sunday at Wrigley. I'll take the pats on the back any way I can get them, even there, if they're uh, peripheral through, through my uh, offspring. So uh, I'm happy to take it, and congrats to Ryan for that moment.